Schaefer. Schaefer, this is Matthew. Come in. Schaefer. Um, I think, like, for a complete dinner, a dinner that I love, I've got to have, like, all different textures and, like, flavors. Like, I got to have something kind of, and, and temperatures. Temperatures is important, too. Like, I got to have, like, kind of a cold salad, not necessarily lettuce, but, and then a meat, and then, you know, like, something with some fat like cheese or avocado or and I've I've been really into sweet potato lately too so like all that together like textures temperatures colors all that that satisfies me more than anything Across the hill country and onto the patio here in Matthew's backyard where I sit. In addition to night falling, there is a gentle rain falling. It's cold, cold here in Austin, Texas. I'm pleased to report that I'm still enjoying it. It's been several weeks of cold weather. Uh, in fact, it was reported to me that the last three weeks have been 20 degrees colder than average for this time of year in Austin, Texas. That's a pretty dramatic climate shift. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll talk about that later with uh, with you know who among the many other things we talk about here on One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. This being episode episode number one hundred and fifty five of said podcast. So happy to be here with you, One Magical Nation. Perhaps a uh, Perhaps a surprise guest tonight. Won't be a surprise to us. We've planned it in advance, but we'll let him be a surprise to you. I know that he will be, uh, you will all be happy to hear from him. But first, let's hear from the pride of Tarzana, California, the Montserrat Mistaker and the Martinique Mystiker. He's not a bad guy, he's just uh, done some bad, bad things. He's Matthew Rampy. Take me down to the podcast city where the segments are long and the poems are witty. Ow, won't you please down loud? That's it. Have I done that before? I don't think so. That's a good one. Thanks. I'm really at the point with this whole exercise where they just come to me. Yeah. And then I'll, sometimes I'm down to the wire and they'll still come to me. But that came earlier today. Just just popped right into the head. Fully formed. I, I barely had to like, <laughs> I barely had to work. I thought about rhyming like Shafee's titty, but I didn't, I didn't think that would be appropriate. <laughs> Shout out to Axel, whoever he is. <laughs> I thought about doing a lot of uh, cocaine and cigarettes and 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 champagne before the cast, so that so I can really get so that I can accent. really nail it. Yeah, 
but uh, I was busy with dinner with my family instead. So, do you know the story about I think just anytime anybody mentions cocaine and champagne, yeah, it makes me think of uh, when they tore down the the stadium in Montreal. <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with Guns N' Roses. It's oh. a story from from one of the guys in Nick Cave's band. Nick Cave uh, did a big kind of show, and I guess like maybe it was a little bit of a festival down under. Okay, and uh, okay. is he, he an Australian? Yeah, Nick Cave is. Okay, and he invited Nina Simone to be a part of the show. Oh, so the this guy in his band, whichever guy it was. Uh, was walking down the hall and like was, and Nina Simone was sitting there in one of the rooms just by herself. He was like, you know, wow. You know, this is like jazz legend, you know, like, you know, 80 year old, however old she was, 70 year old woman, uh, you know, who's just, you know, seeing more than I get every, you know, he was just blown away before he even stepped in there. He's like, I can just walk in and say hello to Nina Simone. So he was just like, hi, such an honor to be here with you. He's like, can I get you anything? Is there anything you need? And she said, I need champagne, cocaine, and sausages. <laughs> he was like, all right, well, I asked. <laughs> he wanders off, found a roadie. He's like, I need you to get me a few things. Huh. And the rodeo took off and came back with everything she asked. He brought it to her. He said, well, here you go. And she sat there. She uh, she threw to, threw back a couple of rails of coke, and then proceeded to start eating the sausages while drinking champagne. And that are was you a, sure that was the order? <laughs> I think it was. Because it was. yeah, like I mean, not that I have any experience, but uh, when like after the cocaine, you, you eat the sausages. Might not necessarily be dying for know. sausages. That's okay. my understanding too. But I think maybe. Uh, when you're a 70 year old woman, you might, especially when as as hardcore as Nina Simone was, she was well seasoned. She, yeah, she, uh, huh. she just enjoyed it all. Well, and, that's fantastic. Oh I God, love Nina Simone. Good story. Yeah. When you started telling that story, I thought, oh, she must have been quite old at that point. Yeah. Point. She definitely yeah. Was. Huh. <laughs> well, I always think of the. There was a famous riot at a venue in Canada. I think it was in Montreal, uh, where it was. The words can, me Metallica. The words I know. Canada and I riot. Know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I know, but I, I think that's something must have really. I think this. Oh, you know what? Tempers must have. Been you know what Manish was telling me? What? Um it's really frustrating for our listeners when we talk about stuff that we don't quite know <laughs> and they know about it. I think in podcast lingo, that's called, that's called yelling at ghosts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sit in your car going, okay, yeah. look, I, I was totally wrong. That was it a St. Louis riot. Um, mm. Looks like there was more than one Guns N' Roses, right? It does look like that. <laughs> Th this is the one I was talking about. And from St. Louis. Yeah. The, no. Okay. So there. So this is the one I was talking about. Uh, uh, there was. Uh, this was in Canada, in Montreal. 
So Guns N' Roses and Metallica were on tour. And this is when um, Lars got lit up by the pyrotechnic. Metallica was playing. And and one of them got injured. Lars got wounded. This concert is legendary for the bad vibes, right? And Faith No More opened up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like they like Faith No More, Motorhead, and Body Count. Apparently, apparently Mike Patton from Faith No More particularly just didn't have any taste at all for Guns N' Roses rock star bullshit. And in fact, to show his dis- displeasure, once took a, took a dump on Slash's amp. Oh. <laughs> Is that right? That's what I heard. I don't know. Golly. Who knows? <laughs> Rock stories. You know, Chris Jensen's like friend of friends with yeah. um, Mike Patton. Um, anyway, that that I I, rem- I remember watching a documentary about this, and one of the members of Metallica being like, you know, Axel was so messed up on champagne and cocaine, and his voice was shot, and he, he they they didn't. Guns N' Roses was unable to perform because Axel was just too far gone. And the Canadians tore up their own venue <laughs> and city. There was a big riot in Montreal. I'll read more details about that. And we talk about that some other time. You know what? I feel like it's early in the podcast for us needing to be saved by the robot or by any other any other stalwarts of this program, but Oh wait, I had one more, one more thing before we bring on our guest. I just want everybody to know that you only have to type in one mag, one mag into Apple podcasts to find our podcast. We should just shorten it to one mag. One, one. Oh, I get it. That's as far as you need to type. And, we are the only result after one mag. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, is is our? I haven't done any cross-platform testing, so is our website working? No. Great. Okay. I don't think so. Which was a bummer because I was using that as like a quick reference to old episodes. Uh, Listen, we're calling. Hello. Hello. Is that special is, guest? Is that Alex Battles? Yeah, sorry. I mean, I get devices. Let's, uh, we'll get it. He's got to get sorted. This is the best way to do it, by the way. Because I I love the, I love how people sound when they're on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is better. Yeah. I'm not going to argue it. Yeah. Hi. Hello. How are you? I, uh, I, I have missed you so much. <laughs> I don't mean to be vulnerable here on my own podcast. Oh, but. no, no. I've I've been thinking about you a lot. First thing, (laughs) first thing I want. I've listen. I'm sorry to hijack this, but I got a whole. I've got a. I've got a uh, a whole agenda with Alex here. Okay. I'm I'm apologizing to Shafee. I'm 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 apologizing (laughs) to Shafee and Alex and the listener. But here we go. Good, good, good to hear your voice. I'm glad you were able to join us. Listen. Um, mm-hmm. I see on the social medias that you're you're out there performing. The you're, sock med. Yeah, you're you're, do, the, you're doing shows. I'm doing stuff, man. I'm yeah. out there. Yeah, tell tell us about that. What's going on? Uh, you know, I've been uh, been been playing some music out of places. You know, I 
kind of, uh, um, you know, I, I guess I took a break and then uh, kind of, it was a, kind of a necessary adjustment, I think, you know? But, uh, you know, it's good. It's, it's, it's feeling, I feel like I'm getting the rest off a little, you know? Good. Beloved Greenpoint Bar Pete's Candy Store. Uh, he played a show there. That was a great, great location. I played. I played Pete's. Uh, played Sonny's with the eighty percent of the band, and uh, played the the Roots and Ruckus the Jalopy show, and then that's where the band is going to be playing on uh, New Year's Eve there. So this should be fun. Getting back to the old New Year's Eve racket. I feel like I've played about I don't know three or four of those. I wanted to do, we used to, do, there's there's a quote from an old newspaper or something where it says, this is the only New Year's Eve where you can get a, you can get a, most places do a champagne toast. This place does a PBR toast. So <laughs> um, Classy. So I was thinking of maybe, I, you know, the place, it seats, uh, it probably, you know, four cases of beer would, would, would you know, take care of it, so. Um, so, you know, we, we might see if I could work that out with with the establishment there, the Jalopy Theater. Tickets not available yet at jalopytheater.org. So I don't know what the website is. Let's have a let's have a a one magical hour uh, outing to the to Jalopy for New Year's. Oh man, one, yeah. one magical hour hosted New Year's. Sure. Jalopy does live stream. Um, so oh. there's a there's a chance that uh, that that one magical nation might be able to uh, watch the show uh, oh, cool. from the the comfort of their of their uh, Lone Star uh, divans. So uh, how how does it feel? Speaking of vulnerability, how does it feel to just be playing some shows again? Um, you know, I guess what I've been folk, you know, it feels, it feels good, you know, cause I, 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 you know, it feels nice. It, it feels nice. People have been nice and, you know, I'm, I'm, I had this, I had this thing for years where I wouldn't, I, I, I feel like I've been more concentrated on the music, I guess I'd say that. So that, that's, that's, I guess, kind of the difference, you know, hmm. there's, before, before I took my little, I don't know, it was like a year off or something. Before I did that, you know, like, I, I guess I went through this period where it was like, I kind of didn't understand why my repertoire was my repertoire. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, what got me into music was as much like, you know, taking some piano lessons and owning some instruments as it was like, um, just, you know, being a record collector kind of guy, you know, being sort of, you know, somebody who was always listening to the radio and stuff. And I was like, how did it become what it became, you know? So. Do you mean because it was country? What's that? Because of all the country influence? Yeah, it's just like, you know, it, it just, it's this, you know, I've been listening to, I gotta say, I know you love it when I shout out another podcast on your podcast. But it's been, synergy. Go ahead. I've, as long I've as they been, talk about us, too. I've been, I've, you know, cocaine and rhinestones is to me like 
the Moby Dick of, especially season two of Cocaine Rises is like the Moby, I know we've discussed Moby Dick before, it is the Moby Dick of podcasts, you know, um, like no, no question in my mind, you know, season two of that thing is, you know, like, it's so exhaustive, you don't know where you are, and at the end you're like, what just happened, you know, I mean, is and one of the things that he discusses in I can't remember what episode is the question of authenticity. Like, what does it mean to be, you know, what does it mean to be country? You know, what is that exactly? And and how are we, you know, for the country? for the listeners who don't know, uh, season two of Cocaine and Rhinestones is entirely devoted to George Jones, who is you know, right. you one, know of, one of the, the most. That Moby Dick is, is dedicated to the pursuit of a whale. Yeah. You know? I would say that, yeah. But yeah, at the end of the season, you come across not knowing, not not only knowing everything about George Jones, but you also kind of know everything about the history of country music. The, the two are, you know, inexor- inexorably linked. But also, right. yeah. uh, to your to your point about the uh, the episode about discussing the authenticity of country, is it's it's a uh, it's a funny thing to do in a George Jones episode because he is one of the most unassailably authentic <laughs> country music. I mean, not not just for his voice and the fact that he wrote important songs and recorded with everybody you know in the world, uh, influenced you know production styles and and uh, and songwriting styles and singing styles, but also you know was 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 famously like busted for driving his riding lawnmower drunk, like, down the highway. Uh, like, so, uh, unassailably authentic country musician and unassailably authentic country music personality, huh. all in one. Right. Okay. right, absolutely. So, like, you have something like that, and then you have, like, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, I, I'm, like, compared to my heroes, you know, like Johnny Cash, you know, three feet high and rising. I mean, just look at that song, you know, like that's, that's one of his truest stories is three feet high and rising, you know, and that is, that is a country song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how I the water, mama, three feet high and rising. We can make it to the road in a homemade boat. That's the only thing we got left to float. It's already over all the wheat and oats. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> is that also the name of a De La Soul it record? Is, yeah. Huh. De La Soul were big Johnny Cash fans. Is that right? Huh. Yeah, they uh they they sampled him uh they sampled him uh they sampled him in a couple I was just listening to them today. They came up. But anyway, uh, you know, this question of authenticity, and I was like, you know, like, one of the one of the things I kept saying was, like, you know, the music I listen to the most is ska. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to become a ska musician all of a sudden, you know, but, like, <laughs> at the time, I was, like, I was just listening to tons of ska going, like, what am I doing playing this? And it just, it just became a question of, when I pick up a guitar, the first song I play is Waiting for a Train by Jimmy Rogers. You know, that that's what happens, you know, and that's 
song. You know? <laughs> that's that's how I learned how to play guitar by, was by playing along with a Hank Williams box set. So necessarily, I become country by that reasoning alone. You know, it has nothing to do with you know how bourgeois my existence is, right? Or how or, high you your know, texosity may or may not be. Yeah, exactly. Tech, thank you for making it sound better. You're my <laughs> immediate press agent now, man. Uh, <laughs> Always have so, been, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, exactly. The texosity is... Uh, is low in this one except well, his fan base. Look, I mean, so. I, I appreciate you like um, taking a clear-eyed look at your catalog and your authenticity, and those I, I I think those are like inner struggles that the rest of the world is not perceiving about you. I personally was bringing up your return to uh, like performing and and doing shows because I I just I. I knew you were on a break, and when I saw that you were doing more shows, I don't know. I was excited for you. I was hoping. Oh, I was hoping that when I asked you, "How does that feel?" that you were going to be like exhilarating. Your your answer yes. your answer was clear, but a, a bit more a bit more measured, and I appreciate that too. It's it's you know it's it it honestly feels like. For you, it feels like for years I did something and didn't know why I did it, and now I do something and I go, I still don't necessarily know why I do this, but I know that I can do it, you know? And that's, that's like the podcast. I feel like that's, you were okay, yeah, sure. And that to me was kind of the technical, uh, that's how it feels anyway, you know? Like, I, I, I have been expecting none of this, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I know now that I do it. <laughs> Something that really surprised me. I think to your point, Alex, something that surprised me when I learned it, and it's, it's not something that would, that's easy to express to people who haven't performed a lot. Uh, you know, found themselves on stage trying to sell a song or sell a poem or, you know, pull off a stand-up comedy routine. Uh, you, the, your, the things that you get from doing that and the reasons that you have for doing it change over the years as you do it more and more, you know? Uh, the, you know, I a lot of people do it for a rush. You know, it's a rush of excitement to be on stage and to, right. and to do that. You're trying not knowing, get up there, you know, not knowing if you're going to be able to pull it off exactly and then pulling it off. And then it's wonderful. And, uh, those are things, all the things that you kind of get used to, or you get to the point where you know that you can at least kind of pull it off. And then you, right. then you lose that edge, you lose that excitement. And then there's gotta be different reasons for doing that. And ultimately, you know, ultimately, the people who can do it the longest are people who are just doing it because you know that's exactly what they really love to do. You know, like you would like, right. and that's how it is with me and my poet poetry. Like, uh, which is, I think it's extra important in poetry because you you know you're never gonna you're never gonna be discovered and get the you know get the record deal or whatever. You know, even if you get a publishing deal, you're probably not gonna make a whole lot of money. 
um, there's a handful of people, some of whom we know, who have. I wish. Who I have, would, yeah, you know, this is the thing. I wish I could even, like, honestly, like poetry, you're right. Almost assuredly unlucrative. Right? So if you if you do ask a Lamone about if, if you do poetry, yeah, she's one of the say five people in the world, you know, right? <laughs> we know, who do, it's, we know it's one of five smaller, successful poets. It's in a America. it's a tiny fraction of even like the people who make right. people who can become professional basketball players right, right, or people right. who become yeah, yeah. obviously people who become singers or actors. Yeah. It's like one one thousandth or one ten thousandth of that number, you know. So it's it's extremely rare, even more so than any other kind of fame. So you really you really should only only do poetry because you love to do it and need to do it, want to do it. You know, there's no other reason. And right, you know, and I'd say it's the same. You know, or, for or because or because you have to do it. And yeah, like yeah. that's the only yeah. way yeah. you can you or like continue me. to exist on the planet is to express yourself. <laughs> well, so, if or like me, it's really only the only thing you can do. <laughs> no, that's absurd. <laughs> No, that's a joke. Yeah. Uh, Whether or not, I mean, that's if, the if it's an integral, it it's, it's survival. If it's an know? integral part of your self care, and then you must yeah, do exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, right? I, I don't. <laughs> the only reason I'm, I'm being slightly contrary is there's part of me that's like I still don't. I still love music. I. Well, that's the the, the best reason. The, the to, amount that I <laughs> love performing. And I'm not saying I, I don't love it when I'm doing it, you know. Yeah. But like, I I get excited like like half or at least like the last time I played, like right, like about halfway through the show, when like the pressure is a bit off, that I go, yeah, all right, you the, oh, the, oh that was neat, you know. Yep. It's like this to, for me. It's I guess it's it's always fun. To be surprised, you know that's that has always been, especially in live performance. That has always been what has driven me. As to me, I've been the most exciting thing from, like literally from the moment that I had my first ever performances, you know, as a kind of pseudo stand-up comedian, right? And the the thing that the thing that always, to me, sparked me was the fact that that there would be these like moments of discovery. You know, like the times that the audience seemed to respond to me the most, and probably still does, or at least in my head they do, is when I'm realizing, holy crap, I can do this. You know, <laughs> but trying to bottle that is a very difficult task. You know, so uh, anyway, uh, I forget what my point was. I well, listen, I I I have anyway, yeah. Hey, we were just talking about how you know there's different ways to be excited about a performance. You know, maybe you know Matthew was kind of like. I, I was sort of expecting. A, well, you know, I, I I've had a couple. Excitement. Listen, Alex, I've had a couple of karaoke dates that I've played recently, and uh, oh, yeah, they were they I, they were they were exhilarating, and I just like the look on people's faces when a guy that looks like me is <laughs> rapping his ass off and hitting every note, and it just kind of it just it, it just puts a smile on people's face. I I I just I like. 
I like entertaining. So I like entertaining people. That's why I'm doing the goddamn podcast. What? Well, my question is, what is, uh, what, at your recent karaoke dates, I, I'm interested now to know what you performed. Oh, karaoke boy. We, uh, we had, we had like a, a double bill of Schaefer invited me to you. Obviously you haven't been listening to the podcast either. Cause we've talked a little bit about it. Schaefer invited me to the, to the common interest, which is a great karaoke bar in my neighborhood. And it was all of these, uh, friends of, of his, uh, 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 Rebecca, his friend, it was her birthday and all of her friends Alex were packed, were packed into a private room and they were all uh, it was a lot of pretty buttoned up folks to lawyers and such there was a judge there <laughs> and uh not a, not a karaoke judge i did uh warren g regulate but i i sort of oh, yeah, i sort of i sort of warmed up with a little bit of uh, alanis morissette jagged little pill i just kind of jumped <laughs> up fun. with her well, I'm here to remind you that this podcast is that the thing you're listening to. And, um, I, mainly, I jumped up to tell to remind the crowd that this song's about Dave Coulier. Never confirmed. Uh, you that's an urban myth. I'm pretty sure that's true. Well, I'm um, pretty sure well, that's a hundred percent. Saget said so, and Coulier said so, but. It's confirmed that they dated, but she has. They never were on that show it. together. Hmm? There weren't they on a show together? No, Dave mm. Coulier was never well, on. Oh, he wasn't on uh, uh, the well, Nickelodeon you show. Can't do that on television. <laughs> oh, thank no. you. Okay, <laughs> all right. Anyway, and then and then we had a Halloween party at the front page, and I did three songs. I did regulate again because why not? Why not? I do. I do the. Michael McDonald sample. I sing that in the middle. And then uh, I did uh, Sturgill Simpson, Long White Line. No. Um, <laughs> no. I've been spending all my money on weed and pills, trying to write a song that'll pay the bills, but it ain't came yet. I guess I'll have to rob a bank. What's that called? I don't know. Uh, where, like, you can, you can wear the crown or something like that. You know that song, Alex? No. Oh man, it's a, Who's the artist? Sergio Simpson. Oh. That was a, a Colin requested that. And and then I did the yet. I did the Fuji's Ready or Not. Oh wow. Oh wow. <laughs> we were busy that night. I wasn't necessarily Somebody just asked me the other night what my they're like, what's your go-to karaoke? And I was like, Oh, that's a great question. What is it? Know. What is it? This audience wants to know too. For me, it's it's, um, it's whatever Doctor Hook song I can find on the. Uh, oh, that's what Shapers is, Doctor Hook. Yeah. yeah. Either either Carry Me Carry or Cover of a Rolling Stone or Queen of the Silver Dollar, or sometimes they have Freaking at the Freakers Ball, <laughs> and then uh, and then I can really I can really go nuts and get really weird um, get really weird on them. I like that you go against the grain of <laughs> picking a song that anyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to obscure karaoke. karaoke what, was that one, what was that one? What was that one song that Schaefer did at karaoke? Warren Zevon. Lawyers, guns, and money. Lawyers, guns, and money. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, the, oh, the everybody yeah, loves guys, that. Everybody guys, starts dancing guys, when they hear that. Really, like, I've always loved that song. The secretaries at happy hour at Common Interest were really unimpressed with that pick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Listen, when is Alex Battles playing the front page in Austin, Texas? You guys, did, you guys, I, wait! I I wanted to tell you my carry, my go-to carry. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm, Way to deflect. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just I, look. To, I'm your agent. I'll get with I'll get with the front pages people. My previous bleep being cut off. Okay, go on. Um. Um. Alex, uh, this Neil is live. Diamond. We're on. We're on air here. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. You're on live. You're doing it live. <laughs> it's not live. That's not true. That's, that's what's happening. <laughs> what you mean is we're not going to edit. That's, that's yeah, exactly. Matthew might go. Matthew might go back and edit, edit himself, is. rudely cutting you off. Alex, this, there's no editing. This, this this podcast is 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 on its it's killing it. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, when am I performing at the front page? No answer. No, no concrete plans as of yet. We hope to make it out there soon, depending on what happens with the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster situation. Let's call it mid to late 2023. Right, exactly. That sounds good. I, uh, Alex. On our last episode, we talked about dive bars. Do you know why they're called dive bars? Because you, because uh, they were like places like that, that place near the, the liar where you had to go downstairs into them. Yep, that's exactly right. They were often in basements and you had to dive down off the street to go right. into them. Uh, what, was that, what, was that, what was that scary place that was near you guys that was, that was, that was downstairs? It was called Down the Hatch. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! It's just like you just, you just feel the just feel terrible things. You just oh wow, that brought a lot back. But how about how about like the Burp Castle or one of those places over on the east side? You ever go there? Oh, like the, the what's it called, the Hungarian Pinball Bar or something? Or what is it? The the uh, oh, I forget. But, <laughs> Oh god damn it! The cock, the something holiday cocktail. Yeah, we talked about that place definitely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yes. Yeah, well, it just took away my card. Still, still a uh, beloved to me. I had many birth- yeah. birthday parties there. Sure, people like that place. They had. I wonder if it was Danny Mulligan who got Tom's Van Zant live at the Old Quarter on their jukebox. I think that I think that's I think I've heard of that legend. Because I was really excited when that showed up. He must have Danny must have been there all the nights in the aughts when I wasn't there because I was there a whole lot. Um, yeah. I only hit that place a couple of times. I, I was telling uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful spot. Don't get me wrong. I just I already had weird places picked up by the time I found that. I was telling these guys it was fun because on, on my birthdays, like they had no compunction about just pouring the drinks. If somebody bought me a drink, they would pour it immediately. And they would just let me sit there with like eight drinks on the bar lined up for me. Just like already ready, poured, you know, these like two and a half ounce shots of wild turkey sitting there just waiting for me. 
like, basically a pint's worth of wild turkey <laughs> poured into nine different glasses. And, uh, and that's that's uh, why I would have my birthday there. They just, uh, they just didn't want to like account for it any other way. <laughs> yeah, they just confusing, to go in yeah. and just lay it out. Sure. Uh, so uh, dad, Dr. Grant Hall, got back at us about diet bars. And he was remembering his favorite diet bars from circa 1970 Austin, Texas. One of oh. which was, one of which his favorite was called The Flagon and the Trencher. Oh, <laughs> which, uh, where was that located? It's pretty awesome. Uh, up there, just off Guadalupe. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And it was like, they. Uh, he said there was a guy, in, so inside The Flagon and the Trencher was another business that existed called Big Al's Pizza. Oh. But apparently, apparently regulars referred to Big Al as Big Daddy. Um, okay, and he would uh, he would make them pizza, uh, and yeah, just this dirty. And so the other places he remembered, there was one called the Orange Bull, which uh, I don't know where exactly that was. Um, and then down on the lake, there was a place called the Flamingo. All of these places sounded pretty awesome to me. Um, and then he talked about a place just on the south side of campus, kind of where MLK uh, and Guadalupe meet. Uh, it was called Vans, and it was it was it was basically an all night diner. You like you would go and have pancakes after the bars closed. Mm-hmm. And he described that one night there that he said he'll always remember one of the cooks. Apparently, was in a fight with another one of the cooks, uh, and. He was standing in, or one of the other employees of the bar, anyway, was standing there. And the and this the guy in the back came with a big uh, saucepan full of hot grease and threw it on the other guy. Oh my <laughs> god! Sounds pretty dramatic, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? That's, that's apparently like, the whole place cleared out, and uh, that was an unfree. Said, uh, you know, you get older and you forget a lot of things, and things become hazy. So he remembers that night. Perfectly crystal clear. Terrifying. It's like, yeah, what a wild night. I wanted to just go back to, I'm sorry, I did cut Alex off earlier. He was talking about his go-to karaoke. Did we we get the answer on that? Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, okay. It's a great one. Which which song? Crowd Pleaser. Um, You know, it's really, I will really do, I really do any of them. I kind of prefer... Like ballady ones, like Love on the Rocks, or You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Song, Song um, Blue. <laughs> or, uh, <clears throat> Hello, My Friend, Hello. <laughs> that song, you know, I think about you every night. I know it's, it's not a, late. I know it's not a deep track or anything, but Cracklin' Rosie is definitely, uh. Oh my God! It is. You got a lo- you got a love a love song to a guitar, <laughs> you know. Is, uh, is that what that's about? Yeah, yeah. Huh. His rosy child is his guitar. Okay. Uh huh. So, Alex, listen. We were thinking that maybe we could just uh, go through some segments here on the podcast, and you can be here with us. hundred percent. Go ahead. But I ne- I need you. I n- no. I need. We need you. To chime in. We, we really need you to carry these next few segments. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Okay, here we go.
Alex. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Have you ever seen Gilmore Girls? Uh, yeah. Huh. I'm just discovering that. Uh, it's it's a classic show. <laughs> I, Alex, I have no idea where he's going with this. It's just on the on the show sheet. It just says Alex Dash Gilmore Girls. I just wanted to ask you if you've seen the Gilmore Girls. I just thought I was just watching that show, and I thought, you know what? Oh, I so you that, just discuss- that, yeah, so yeah. Like, no, I'm, okay, so, so for the record, I'm a huge fan. Okay, well, I'd heard of it. It's a cultural touchstone. But I'd never seen it, and my daughter discovered it on uh, one of the streaming services there. I think it's on Netflix. And um, we've been sitting down as a family watching Gilmore Girls. Oh, how exciting. And I'm really digging it. There's that coffee culture. Mm -hmm. Remember when coffee houses were cool? Yeah, there was a anyone. There was anyone. There was a time in the '90s when, yeah, like that was a personality. Drinking a lot of coffee was central to your personality. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's that in the show, and then there's a ton of banter, as if the writers yes. were drinking. That's what a it's lot all. It's like the the '50s slapstick style dialogue is okay. really what that show's all about. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, hundred percent. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I just want to give a quick avocado review. People just don't write dialogue first, like that. First anymore, season of Gilmore Girls, and I'm not quite done with it yet. I'm giving seven and a half avocados out of, out of, so out of eight. I want to come over for Gilmore Girls night one of these. Nights. You know, it's so like you know this Danish thing, Hige. Hige. <laughs> I'm saying it right, right, Alex? Am I getting that right, Hige? Oh, you know, it's like comfort. Right. It's like cozy. Yeah, that's, been, that's, that's like, been that's been coming up a lot. Mm. So the Danish have a word for <laughs> the Danish have a word for this like the, feeling, the feeling that of, opiates gives you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's written on the side of my Vikes. Hugo. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a warm hug. Yeah, let's yeah. take a warm hug. The Gilmore Girls. I definitely like that. Yeah. I know this actress. Wholesome entertainment. I know this actress uh, from uh, Parenthood. Is that the daughter or the mom? The mom. She was also in Bad Santa. Was she? <laughs> okay. And then, and then, of course, Melissa McCarthy. Mm. You know, that's her. Yeah. That's her origin story. Anybody else? Did anybody else escape that? Show? Well, later on, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row shows up. Is that right? Spoiler alert! Oh man. Okay. Edward. Edward. Edward Herman. Uh, yeah. Are we just r- randomly naming people who are on Gilmore? Yeah, <laughs> we are. Like, that's exactly what we're doing. We just have okay. a draft. All right. Of the All right. Sorry. Sorry. This. I'm not busting on you. I'm just saying this is a fun <laughs> game. I mean, this. This wasn't. This is I feel a, like all I had was Edward Herman, and I wanted to throw it in before the. the and he's another like he's it. another he's a classic movie and TV guy. Yeah. What else? What Did, was? Didn't he, he do a commercial too when we were kids? Like a like oh an oh is he the is, is he the vampire? <laughs> I don't is know. He a vampire? Well, there's the gr- the grandpa is the is the vampire from. The the head vampire from the Lost Boys. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's not Edward Herman? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to take that at face value. Not, did you just make that up? Did you, no, just, did you just Manisha's? I'm, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true. That there's, there, and, and then there's that Jared Padalecki. 
now, answer me this. The, she has the best friend, the Asian girl. Is that the same girl who played Margaret Yang in Rushmore? I, I don't know. We're getting into dangerous territory. Oh, <laughs> you guys are talking about Edward, Edward Herman. Herman. Yeah. Wasn't he in, in The Lost Boys? I don't know. You've got the Google right in front of you. You tell us. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm telling. Uh, why did y'all mention him? Google Justin, giant Russian <laughs> werewolf dog. Google, giant Russian fighting werewolf dog. And now the mom is the mom is in a lot of old stuff too. She's another famous actress. Um, Lauren Graham. She's a she does a she does a, a, a half a season or so on my favorite show, which is maybe I, uh, I maybe I mistook this guy. <laughs> maybe which is news radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, News Radio is such a great show. Great show. Yeah. Um, she's, she's, she is on that show. Edward Herman has been in it. Oh, wow. He, he was the... He, he was in the he, Lost he, he, No, he was the, <laughs> he was the mom's boyfriend on The Lost Boys. You don't find out he's a vampire till like, the very end. Oh, wow. He was also the... He was also Goldie Hawn's dad in Overboard. Love that movie. I mean, this guy has been yeah, in he's, one million He's basically things. been in everything. You could just yeah, name something. And Edward Herman was probably in it. 30 Rock, Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Um, I'm sorry that we got off on that. No, are you kidding me? That's this exciting. Is called, this, this segment you know, is called um, Tangents with Alex. I appreciate the vulnerability, but we're okay. Okay. It's, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's great to find a show. That we can all watch together. Yeah, that the family agrees on. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Okay, we're going into a news cruise here. It's like dubstep news cruise. All right. Um, I have this. I have this uh, headline for us, folks. World Cup 2022 alcohol sales banned at World Cup stadiums in Qatar. I mean, let's talk. Why is that a surprise? Disgust. Like, alcohol is not allowed in the country, so I, you know. But w- they were playing this game where they were gonna, they were allowing Enbev, Deadweiser right. to. Uh, there's product in the country. So did Enbev just not pay them enough money for the? I guess not. Maybe so <laughs> for the license or That's whatever. Probably at the heart of what's <laughs> happening here. Actually, I mean, but here's the thing: is that. The bribery, they don't take bribes. They, the Qataris, they only bribe. <laughs> no, I no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, my wife was concerned about this headline because she just kept saying, but what about the British? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, babe, babe, babe. What about the Germans and the Poles? And I don't think the Italians like to watch soccer sober either. Hey, yeah, but what about just the rest of the world? Mm. What about watching live sporting events and drinking beers is a God given right, isn't it? What about the Welsh? What about the, <laughs> the Finns? They say. What they, about the Moroccans? Wait. The Moroccans probably don't give a shit. So the Moro- Moroccans aren't huge drinkers well anyway we're generalizing here um there there's some there's some interesting there's some interesting commentary here they're they're saying that 
alcohol will be available in like fan zones. There will be a FIFA fan festival and other fan destinations and licensed venues. Removing sales points of beer from Qatar's FIFA World Cup 22, 2022 stadium perimeters is basically all that's happening. But, oh, I like this. I like this. safer for everyone involved. But here, don't worry, everybody. There is no impact to the sale of Bud Zero, which will remain available <laughs> at all of Qatar's World Cup stadiums. Okay. Thank goodness. Um, so Budweiser still gets theirs. So, <laughs> I mean, how many... An NAs are they selling in the stadium? Um, here, but here's what's gonna here's what's gonna happen though. Here's what's gonna happen is people go to these fan zones. They know they can't get booze in the stadium, so they just get as absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a twisted bartender in one of those as they can before they get there, and it really seems like. Wait, I've got a. You're mentioning Bud Zero. Okay, stay with me on this one. A bottle of Bud Zero, how many different languages is it, is it going to say Bud Zero on it? How many sales do you think they can make to people who just see the Budweiser logo? Don't the you, word the word zero in their language is entirely different. They're just going to be like, give me those. That, it's not going to work. It's like, give me three more of these. Uh, it's still not getting me drunk. Give me four. Maybe it'll actually increase sales of Bud Zero. Did you ever think of that? Well, it. We were talking about stadium riots earlier in the program. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a recipe for a stadium riot. <laughs> Alex, do you remember the time the Canadians tore up the arena because uh, Metallica got hurt and Axel wouldn't play? Uh, no. It's so funny that you that you I'm mentioned... I'm not really a Guns N' Roses fan, like, at all. Oh. Uh, well, don't... I like that. Uh, don't like listen that. back to this podcast. <laughs> don't listen. No, I won't. But okay. They, they, you know, <laughs> I like them. I, I like them about as much as Kiss, which is not much. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, I like, I like Kiss. I like Kiss better than Guns N' Roses. You are, know, I think I like our listeners who are Kiss and Run Guns N' Roses fans are losing their minds right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I don't really. Well, I'm sure all three of them will recover. So <laughs> it's fine. Um, you know, I'm I'm willing to debate anybody. It's fine. It's okay. You know, uh, I did see Kiss once. That was. I don't. Kind of, kind of exciting. I don't think there's anything. I mean, it, those are not like opposite sides of a debate, right? Whether gun, whether whether Guns and Roses is better than Kiss, uh, or, that's... <laughs> or whether you can like one and not the other. I'm not going to die on either of those hills. No, let me no, tell no, you that. no, 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 no. I'm not either. Yeah, it's fine. And okay. I, I actually, I I have an affection for both of those bands, actually dating back to my hair metal days of 1988 and 89. I rate Guns N' Roses over Kiss. I've never had any kind of like real connection with Kiss, but Guns N' Roses have, has touched my life from time to time. I don't know. It was just like timely for me or something. Okay, moving on. Let's. I. I, I wish I had the. I wish I could edit that out. There's. There's, just, a, no, there's just absolutely no I way. I know. I wish you had the technology. <laughs> Someday. Gosh. Every, you know, one of these days. You know that's okay. At the front page, at the front page, everybody, every bartender has their own playlist, and I have a, a strong affection for each bartender's playlist. There's Porter's playlist is one of my favorites. 
and he has a song on there that every time I hear it, I'm like 100% sure. I'm like, this must be a Billy Joel song. And then I listen to it more <laughs> and I'm like, no, you know, this is like some kind of really weird Lou Reed song. And I'm like, nah, that's not even and then like, poor, I'll ask him and he'll be like, this is that kiss song you always ask about every time. It's a kiss song that I'm like 100% sure is a Billy Joel song I've never heard of. But then I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I've heard every Billy Joel song. You know? Wait, is it Beth? No, it's not Beth. It's a different one. That's funny, um, man. I don't know that song, but that is funny. That's a, that's a great song. I'll find out what it is and then get, get back at you guys. Uh, and then the other one, there's a song by... Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's about Romeo and Juliet. It's by Dire Straits. And I always... Oh, yeah. I think it's called Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. and But there's a there's a uh, Lou Reed song from the New York record that's, that's mm -hmm. Romeo had Juliet and Juliet had a Romeo. Right. And, yeah, it's a good song, too. And it's weird. Like, I... Yeah, the guy from Dire Straits actually sounds a lot like Lou Reed. You know, they're both they're both very yeah. talky rock and roll singers. So that song comes on, and I'm always like, when somebody asks, and I'm always 100% sure that it's Lou Reed. And you're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I know, 100%. It's off the New York record. But I'm always I'm confusing it for another song about Romeo and Juliet by Lou Reed, who, you know, sounds just enough like the guy from Dire Straits that I get that confused every single time. <laughs> Fun stuff, fun stuff. Well, I wanted to wrap up the news cruise with um, what I think is a little slice of good news. I, I feel like, uh, Alex, have you felt like there's been like a spate of bad news in the last 20 years or so? Oh, I mean, besides God. besides Obama. <laughs> You know, but you know what I'm well, talking about. But look, I just—I I really wasn't prepared for this deep of a philosophical uh, question. But listen, uh, listen. What yeah, I you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tell me what you're setting me up for. Before. All 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 I'm saying here is that what's, uh, what's the punchline? I feel like there's been some good news lately. Which is well, there was uh, there's cryptocurrency being sort of found out for the Ponzi scheme that it may or may not be. I. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's a bit of good news. And then I also feel like Elon's whole like the whole Twitter thing I feel like is good. Uh in, in, in that in that I mean, is this that like Schadenfreude or like what <laughs> It's a little bit of Schadenfreude. I, I I don't want the world the world was maybe uh holding Elon up on a pedestal. And this is like <laughs> a really good <laughs> This is a really good. Some people were, but there were the people that I didn't really take seriously. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. And then, and then also with the election, I thought that like it was a really good like remember reminder that it's just a good fifty fifty split in this country, you know. And there was there was besides Nancy Pelosi's husband being assaulted, there yeah. wasn't too much political violence, and there was like you know a calm transition of power in like a lot of places and. You know, it's funny is what it's funny what like your bare minimum for a good thing has <laughs> okay. become. Yeah, you know, like, I'm searching like, only searching, one house of salt searching on a, for a, silver linings. You know, and only you know. I'm just searching for silver linings over here. That's maybe all. there's um, no there's no 
punchline. Yeah, it just shows. I was just talking to you about it. Just to show how beat up everybody is. It was like, oh, that's that was a success. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I was just happy there was no like real incidents. No actual invasions of the White House. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or there was all these. There were all these poll watchers. Gunfight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't get me started on that. That's like just. It's crazy. Horrible and just like the worst kind of. Uh, anyway, good job, Matthew. Okay. I just I just thought there was some good news that I would mention. You were going for the silver lining. <laughs> God. Just so embarrassing. I wasn't, I, and Black Alex, I wasn't setting you up for anything. <laughs> no. Once again, it just know, goes to show how. Let me just, okay, so chime in here, please. Well, you set it up like you know, you know. The the thing is, it's not his. It's not his money. He was already kind of a buffoon, and a fairly important worldwide source of information is kind of being taken out intentionally you know by this is intentional sabotage is another way of looking at what's happening to twitter right now you know is that shoot this this whole takeover was designed just to wipe it off the map so that people lose this network of information which is very simple accessible and gets information out quickly. That's an opposite point I've heard. You know, the initial mm. shot at Freud was the initial response I saw. And now the secondary response I've seen to Twitter going down is that it's a conspiracy that it was that it that that Elon's intentionally somewhat destroying it, that it's not his money. That he's gonna still be wealthy when he comes out of this, you know these, all these, you know, it's like and like honestly, let's tie it back to Budweiser in the same way, right? Qatar goes, we're not gonna sell the beer in the stadiums, and Budweiser's just like whatever. Budweiser already bought the ads, right? Like what they're getting in the stadiums is a significant amount, but it's a drop in the bucket to what their deal is, you know? Right. Yeah. So I'm sure a check was just given to Anheuser saying, look, what, what are we, what are you going to lose on this? And I can say 40 mil. Like, all right, here you go. There's 40 mil. We just don't want the problems. You know, our insurance is only covering the fan zones. Sorry. You know, we'll figure the rest of it out. That's probably what happened there, you know? And I just feel like this whole, is Elon really destroying Twitter or, you know, is, is he this bad at it or is this, is he, is this, is this real? You know, is this, is this, is this real? And is he just making it look like, Oh, these people didn't help me, whatever, you know, I, I'm just saying there's another argument to that side thing about the Twitter implosion that I've heard. You know, has anybody? It's going to take, take a while for a network of you know the information is out there, but the network may indeed be somewhat important because it's it's a platform, right? What would his uh, motivations be? For find us on Mastodon. 
<laughs> Try to uh, find us on Mastodon, indeed. Uh, what would his? Well, I, I, I'm sorry, maybe you don't have the answer to this, but what what would people say that his motivations were to destroy Twitter? I, that he got that he got paid to do it by the Saudis because because it, <laughs> because they backed it just like they don't. They oh, don't oh the Saudis backed it. They don't uh, when there's been all these insurrections and I see. You know, oh, oh wow. Twitter is Twitter is a way that people are organizing. You see the protests going on in Iran right now. Yeah. Right? Alex is so in touch with the deep Twitter state. Twitter is a way that people are organizing. We're not. Information out. It's 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 very hard to stop. You know. Yeah. Now there's there's other platforms that exist, but Twitter is it's a very effective tool. Yeah. And what is he doing? He's literally ripping the insides out of the tool, as if. You know, and, and this whole, like, oh, we're going to change it. Like, he's been in business long enough to know that, like, tomorrow, if he tries to, if he's like, Tesla's going to only make toasters, that that would cost, that would probably destroy the company, you know? Like, for him to walk into Twitter and, like, say, like, tomorrow we're going to be TikTok or whatever the hell's going to happen is... You know, he's built he's built this reputation as I'm this madman genius or whatever, but it does seem almost beyond his experience to make decisions. It seems questionable at the very least, you know. Um, so I don't know. That's just a separate take I've heard. At first I was on like, oh wow, he lets the whatever. Um you know, is it something that's going to be taken away and we're going to be like, oh, crap, you know, now we've got this new thing, but it, it costs everybody money and it doesn't work or whatever. I don't know. Um, so that, that's my opinion. On, is this good news? I, I feel like we'll see is the answer. You know, it's, I, I, I can't, you know, I don't know. The, I've been saying since I was a kid, the answer to every unanswered question in the world is, because they make more money. Because way. money should. You know, that is always, always like, why is this like this? Why is this like this? Why are the candy bars getting smaller, but they we still pay dollars? Why is, why is this like this is an excellent segue into a, another, another edition of Matthew. Have you ever wondered? <laughs> Alex, have you ever wondered? Wondered what ever became of me. I'm living on imaginary radio. Living on that W O M H. That's one match below. <laughs> uh, this, uh, my sister in law and I were talking, and she used the phrase dollars to donuts. First, what does that phrase mean to you? Is, I, 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 don't would, know, I don't know, Shafi. Oh, I've been, Matthew, I've, been talking a lot. Matthew, you talk. No, I've been wondering. Just, but if I, you know, do you know what, like, what, not, not the origin of the phrase, but do you know what it implies? I don't even know how to use it in a sentence. <laughs> okay. So, dollars to donuts is. Hey, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, no. Alex has Good. guests. There's another guest. Get that guy on the podcast. Who is that? It's my dad. He's going oh, to bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Did somebody win a did somebody win a game? You can't afford him. <laughs> but did, did just he, 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 that was that was our that was our local sports reporter uh, 
calling in to say that uh, the Cavaliers had just won in overtime. So. Hooray! Cavaliers victory. You know that. You know that was uh, Dick Cavett's problem. Is he just end up? He couldn't afford a lot of his guests. Uh, dollars to donuts. That's not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought that's what happened to Dick. Dollars to donuts means I'm certain. I'm certain that Dick Cavett could afford all of his guests. Oh, that means I'm certain? Yeah. Dollars to donuts. You no, know, I've never heard that before. Where's, where is she from? Kathleen? Kathleen is from, well, she's from Texas, but by, uh, she did spend some time in Idaho. Okay. And maybe some time in Oklahoma, too. Also lived in Argentina, so she's fluent in Spanish. Is that a turn of phrase you've ever heard? Dollars to donuts? I had heard dollars to donuts. I wasn't sure what it meant exactly. Okay. And I, honestly, I couldn't tell from her context what exactly it meant. So uh, it's interesting that you guys really are just entirely unfamiliar with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that phrase. Dollars to donuts means I'm certain. And the uh, and what it is, it's the the it's it's a an abbreviation of. I'll bet dollars to your donuts. Mm. Dollars being donuts being worth a lot less than dollars. Well, and on one on a one to one basis. Okay, at least at the time. Uh, right. Yeah, right, probably right, not right, anymore. Right. Right. Let's let's dollars not let's to, not use this as a segue into inflation, it, please. Just call it dollars <laughs> to your hundies. Dollars, dollars to. Dollars, got, to, dollars to undies. I that doesn't a, work either. Undies are much more expensive. I than said hundies. Oh. I thought you said be- Benjamins. <laughs> Benjamins to donuts. So it would be dollars to more dollars. Benjamins to donuts would, yeah, make more makes more sense now. Uh, anyway. Because oh, donuts cost more than a dollar. This is the point we're making. That's, this is so funny because I thought that this was going to be boring because you guys already were like, no, does Schaefer. That's what, of course, that's what that means. Well, of course, Schaefer, that's where it's from. One thing you need to realize is you're really never that boring. <laughs> no, it was boring for other reasons. <laughs> even, even, even when you're just kind of silently breathing loudly through your nose because I'm annoying you, you're still pretty compelling. He's interesting, right? Yeah. it's. I don't He's, breathe heavily through my nose because you're annoying me. It's <laughs> Uh, oh, yes, yes, because yes. it's because I'm in not very good shape. Oh, it's the only, the only time I notice. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of misunderstandings going around uh, right now. Yeah, it's when the room yeah. when the room quiets down, and all you can hear is Schaefer breathing like a like an orange bull. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Schaefer's silent magnetism is is carrying the podcast. <laughs> what do you think, Alex? I, it, it takes a village, and and on, and when you think and about when, it, and when you say a village, you mean a Matthew, a Schaefer, and an Alex, right? <laughs> or you know, <laughs> add some of the other guests in there. If you put them all together, it makes a pretty fun village. The were possum. I just want to make sure that Alex is the Alex is the number one featured player. Here. Oh yeah, he's the he's the mayor of the village. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Mayor McCheese, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mayor. Um, yeah. I wish I had a pertinent question. I didn't. Um, I was I was asking some people at the bar the other day about the Noid. There were some people who were just a little younger than us uh, yeah, who didn't who didn't know who the, the Noid was the at all. Amazing. Yeah. I'd like to write a book about things that people slightly <laughs> younger than us don't know about. 
I think Ken Jennings has already written that book. <laughs> Is that right? But, yeah. but I think it's good. There's probably room to write a sequel. What else would you like to write a book about? <laughs> oh yeah, Alex, this is a new um, this is a new segment. Um, let me let the robot play us in here. Uh, things I'd like to write a book about. Right. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Sure. Some things from the past were. Uh, I'd like to write a book about all the things that we promised to do on this podcast, but always forget to do. And I'd like to write a book about uh, Little League softball and baseball fields and how they're all set up slightly different. And like, how, how, what's the history of that? That's that's what we've, we've already talked about. That's, that's from past episodes. Today, Amy has recommended that I write like sort of a dad joke compendium thing. And this all came out of a conversation where I explained to Amy that uh, when I, you know, each night I lay down with each kid and just talk to them for a little bit in their bed before they go to sleep. And uh, with Isabel, I like to take, she has a number of stuffies or loveys or stuffed animals, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they're of different animal species, but I pretend that it's a dog no matter what it is <laughs> and i pick up like say an elephant and i go now what breed is this <laughs> i'd like to write a book about that <laughs> jameson used to have a joke when we were on road trips uh particularly at night and you, you know in texas when you're driving at night you might see a lot of deer Jameson had a just a standard joke. It's like I don't know what like the equivalent of dad. It, it's not dad joke, but it, like it's it's a s subset of dad jokes. It's like stone sixteen year old jokes or whatever. Um, kind of the same and like in that they're you what's know, the difference? Not necessarily very funny, but um, but also kind of can you know make you go. I don't know. Uh, he used to. Every time, it, it, I think, you know, with dad jokes, it's all about repetition. Sure. And that's what, you know, makes you groan. Uh, Jameson would, when we were, if we were driving and we saw a deer in the headlights, he would point at him and say, bugs. <laughs> so, huh. That's kind of like your joke. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Pointing at something that's not a dog and calling it a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I love that. A deer and call them bugs. Uh-huh. I feel like Alex is regretting staying on the line this long. <laughs> I bet that's I not true. I don't regret it. Sometimes I don't really follow you guys. That's all. I, <laughs> I, I kind of lost the thread there. So. I, I, we did as well. Okay. Deer called bugs. <laughs> um, Alex, do you have a poem to read? No, not, not off. Uh, did you? Not off shafey did you tell him to read a to bring a poem i did not oh man sorry i really no, i mean i can get do you want to hear one of me and shafer's poems oh yeah it's a great yeah, idea yeah yeah we we can wait we can vamp <laughs> we can uh, we can we can talk about the contemporary state of twitter <laughs> man you guys really set me straight
Where, whereas I was thinking that there were some good things happening in the world. Uh, y'all framed it uh, better for me. Thank you. Are you excited about the World Cup, even though there's no beer? Oh, yeah. Because, and, and, you know, and you, I can, you can drink beer while watching the World Cup still. Yeah. They, yeah. Couldn't, they can't like ban the, that. Like at the front page. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I am. I, I, I hate that it's um, marred by controversy. Controversy. You, uh, uh, for uh, any... Any listeners who are in the Austin area, we are going to be unlocking the doors of the front page at 10 a.m. every day. Okay. So we might not, we'll still be setting up, Yeah. but you can come in at 10 a.m. every day to watch the 10 o'clock game. Okay, great. And obviously we'll be open for all the one o'clock games. I, I'm trying to shoot for Monday at one for the USA for the US Wales. Games. Yeah. Cool. I'll do my best to make it there to you. I, I love that you guys are writing poetry together. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun doing it. That's uh, it's I'm a, not sure. It's such a great way to collaborate. Alex, is it your line or mine? I don't even know. <clears throat> oh, I think I forget. Well, I'm in the document now, so I can tell you. Uh, all right. So here is Sonnet One. Tumble down forever in magnitude. Perseverance bound, eloquence bitten. Silent holes through which all of time extrudes. Writing read before the wall is written. Forever dusty thoughts intrude of rude actions and regrets of slights unbidden. Finds me again arranging for quaaludes, a little comfort, however flitting. You can take the man out of the storm cloud, but you can't take the storm out of the man. Passers-by hear strange thoughts spoken aloud. Witnesses oppressed from unlocked cells ran amok. I'll say a contrite prayer head bowed perhaps i'm supplicant i'm not sure man <laughs> that's a good poem <laughs> so very heavy that's that's sonnet that's sonnet one by now we now we read that the last time did we oh, you already yeah. read that yes one? yes we read this on the last podcast i feel like your reading was better than mine his reading was better than yours. <laughs> it's so different. The delivery was so different that for a minute I wasn't sure, but the arranging quaaludes line tipped me off. Interesting. Honestly, I, you know what? I did not remember having read that. You read, you read That's that. Funny. Yeah. Well, you guys are uh, talented Poetical bastards. Do we have another sonnet? I thought we wrote two sonnets. We did. Oh, did we? Or we're in the middle of one, another one, maybe. Yeah, we started a second one. I thought we'd written two. I'm. I sonnets listen. I'm sorry to point sonnets. it out. I thought you were you were aware that we had written. That I, you had written no, it. I honestly had forgotten. Oh, well, then I'm glad I pointed it out. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, as I was listening to it, you have a way. Sorry, folks. Let me, sorry, sorry. Let me just let me just talk to Shaper here for a minute. 
We're, we're, we're yeah. uh, sh- Alex, we're going to work on the show on the show. I'm the only one listening to the show. Like, when are you going to... Okay, just apologize to me. You have... <laughs> You have a way of of moving so quickly past words. Mm. I don't know. Alex Alex be. lingers. Yeah, you know. Listen, I'm I, everybody's poetry delivery is great. It's funny how a poem sounds different out of somebody else's face. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I do I do love to dig into the reading of a poem. It is a lot of fun for me. Also, I would not have, I would not have necessarily guessed this, but your elocution is better than mine. I, I don't that uh, that's not the crux of it, though. So I've some I just think it's especially that's w- not all that's wrong I with think, you. No, 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 th- no. That's not no. That's beside the point. I see that that that's subjective is is what yeah. I'm saying. I think that there's an aspect of you reading your own poems uh-huh. where you kind of tumble over the words. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that, I could see that being a problem, yeah. Where, and I hear you, I listen to you reading your poems, and I want to, I want to linger. Like, I want a moment between that line, or, or I want the word to be slowly pronounced. And and you're you're getting through them. And I, I understand the the desire there but anyway sorry so it's, it, listen no, no, nobody needs a it's pretty it's fun not, that we randomly read the same poem <laughs> twice in a row that's actually interesting i think it's a you know i i think i think it's a you know the yeah, i think it's a good one i like it if if it. if i'm a scholar if i'm a literary scholar in the future and I'm looking back on that poem. Is there a, I, I guess through like internet logs or something, you can figure out who wrote which line. No. But it's not like you're going to publish it. No. If you were to publish it, uh, that, you wouldn't like, well, Shafee, no, the, Shafee's words are in blue. <laughs> the thing is, we, we did it on a Google Drive. <laughs> we didn't do it by email. We did it all on a Google Drive. So I don't know. Maybe there's a way to. I see. Right. Right. It just saves it. Uh huh. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. But it's less yeah. less less obvious. I can I can it's guarantee you. It's fascinating that I wrote the line with the word attrite in it because I love that word. Did you guys invent that style of passing a poem back and forth? No. 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 That's that, like that's a time honored tradition. Or yeah, something? they were doing that in China in like 600 BC. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and they would do it with you know like with papyrus with, that would be with, like sent on a yak 600 miles, <laughs> and then he adds the line and says, okay. "Take yeah, like yeah, yeah." I love that. So much, uh, much faster now. But yeah, Li Po or whoever it was, you know, it would, it would take take six years to write a poem oh. like that. Man. That's good poetry. Alex, thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. My pleasure. I really, I look forward to the day you do. Alex, is there a link? I know there's been some recordings of your pie. Is there a link that we could give to our listeners of like any of the shows or the recent shows? Oh, well, you know, just to, 
I'm going to be sharing more stuff on the Facebook. So if you go to facebook.com slash Alex Battles, that's excellent. That, that's that, that tends to be the place that I, uh, yeah, I, that I, that I engage, uh, or that I, that I try to get on there and tell people things. Cool. I work, I've recorded a few things recently. Um, on the video and uh, I, I, as soon as I get around to like looking at them I'm, I was going to share some of them so uh, yeah just go to the Alex it's, if you search Alex Battles No Whisker Rebellion on Facebook uh, so until, like until the, the until the like, sec- share, follow, <laughs> and subscribe until the secret cabal of Elon Musk and Saudi princes conspires to bring down Facebook do we can find you there. Well, if Twitter's going to die, then Facebook's going to become really relevant again. <laughs> right? That's like it's going to be in the crosshairs of the of the people uh, who, who want who want us to not socially network. Hmm. And there's always Mastodon. Don't forget. Find us on Mastodon. <laughs> 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 All right. Well. I've- you guys to go back to episode like two and you gotta cut that you gotta i want to hear that drop i'll I'll find where we're talking about mastodon (laughs) it's in the first it's in the first 10 episodes okay definitely is i'll re-listen to those in my spare time (laughs) first 10 episodes it's in there oh those are hard to listen to (laughs) no 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 we've come a long way come on (laughs) Yeah, definitely. For the true fan to be able to go back and hear exactly what the the first words sounded like is pretty interesting, I think. But Alex Schaefer's got a friend who's listening from the beginning. Yeah, so he's he's been getting at us about like episode twenty four. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Wow. Some people are com- you know just completionists like that. That's a lot of information. <laughs> the good news is that it's on the internet, and anybody can do that. I can't. When 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 Schaefer's friend hashtag gets to like the present, you have to. The next episode has to be hashtag Schaefer's friend. Yeah, right. That's exact. That's absolutely true. Yeah. You must. You you must. You must. You must donate that episode <laughs> to the cause, please. <laughs> Well, I won't approach him about this it. Is, I'll let him catch up to this episode. <laughs> in this episode, he will learn about the plan <clears throat> in the future when he hears this Anthropologist Alex Bell, <laughs> and choreographer Jameson Driscoll. What's your podcast about? It's about time travel. <laughs> 100%. Alex, we love you so much. You want me to sing the theme to Rin Tin Tin to close out the show? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so brave was Corporal Rusty, though he is just a boy. How true is Private Rin Tin Tin? They are the Army's pride and joy. Yo, Rinny, yo, Rinny, pals through thick and thin. Through all the tales of the West, we'll remember best Corporal Rusty and Private Rintintin. Yo, Rinny, yo, 
tales of the West will remember best Corporal Rusty and Private Rinton The poor, the choices, the sweeter the wine. <laughs>